Today's the day, Giraffe Ring! Today's the day that we embark on our journey to become a Pokemon Master! So, I think it's time that we get ready for our first gym, Giraffe Ring! Are you ready for some intense training? Oh yeah! Let's get our first encounter inside of the wrestling region! I think I found something! The corporate Pokemon. He is the evolution of terrorizing and hunter Flame. He spent the majority. He started Degeneration X. Evolution. God, how long is this Pokedex entry gonna be? In an attempt in 2004 to upset Kane, Triple H attempted to have sex with a dead. Oh, we don't need to hear that. A uh, Pokeball Go! for over 20 years. There's no way he would jump to just a measly Pokeball. I have to think more carefully here if I want to capture him. Girafferick, use confusion! I am the game! All right, it worked! Here goes nothing. Now to use the move I've been saving for this moment. Girafferick, I'm using close combat! Pokeball, go! We did it, Giraffe Rig! Now, time to check those stats. What? Minus an attack? Damn it! On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, We'll be discussing, is it red? Is it blue? Is it yellow? It's the Pokemon Trainer! Could he or could he not work in the world of professional wrestling? Could he win a title? And how on earth is this going to work? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all to listen to this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Gentlemen and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to the Wrestling with Fiction podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you storylines from the good to the bad to the damn right insane. My name is Connor, and yes, we have got to another weird place. First it was Santa, next it was the Among Us crewmate. Now we're doing the Pokemon trainer. Why am I doing this to myself? First of all. I hope you guys enjoyed that skit because that took a lot more effort than I expected. <laughs> Second of all, I think the Pokemon train is a very interesting one to talk about because you got so many weird aspects that you could kind of work into wrestling, but you can't really to some extent. Like the fact that it's a 10 year old fighting multiple adults. Uh, the fact that he has Pokemon that can fight and all these other things. It's kind of a weird thing and more importantly, how on earth would you put this in a wrestling world where, let's be honest, it's filled with a lot of real characters. 
people who more focus on the in-ring work rather than the pageantry of character work. And you know, you get a couple people, you got your Bray Wyatts, you got your Marty Skrulls, you got your, I guess Kenny Omega's kind of getting up to that animated point, and yet Lucha Underground was a thing. But there isn't really much super exaggerated stuff. And that's where I come in. <laughs> so, as with anything on this show, we are starting off with my new favourite segment of this podcast that I've dubbed the tagline. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, the tagline is a 30-word summary of what I plan to do with this character going forwards. And with that in mind, think of it like a summary that you would see on Netflix when you're just scrolling through what to watch, or... In case you're experienced in screenwriting, those casual-like pitches that you can sometimes see. That's what I'm going for. So, without further ado, I believe it's time for me to ask myself who's editing this to cue the music, future me! First of all, I feel like I need to explain some things first before I actually get into the pitch. Because, first of all, the Pokemon Trainer doesn't really exist. So you kind of need to add some stuff in there. So, his po- his wrestling name is Dash Deckham. He is four foot, he's ten years old, and he resides from Cedar City. That's right. But there's one twist to this that I never quite mentioned. I never said that Dash Deckham, aka the Pokemon Trainer, would be a wrestler. No, he's a manager. Why? How could I have not thought of this before, legitimately? The reason I'm making him a manager is because of just the basics of the Pokemon Trainer. He doesn't really do any of the actions, he commands people. Yeah, he gets all the glory, but at the end of the day, that's kind of what he does. Which is why, I'm gonna be honest with you right now, the Pokemon trainer for all of these pitches is gonna be a straight heel. You wanna know why I'm making him a straight heel? It's cause the Pokemon trainer in all of these games is a self-entitled douche. That's the best way I could describe it. Cause I know it's meant to be for people like you and me who just wanna be a Pokemon master. But we, as the Pokemon trainer, are pretty damn self-entitled to a lot of things. We're given a free Pokemon that can last from beginning to the end game, which is pretty useful. You don't see youngster Joey with his freaking Rattata and Charizard, do you? You get blessed with so much random things as a Pokemon trainer, which is exactly what Dash Deckham is. He is a 10-year-old goddamn prodigy. So for the sake of this pitch, I feel it's best that I summarize this before I get into a rant of some sort. So, my pitch to you, ladies and gentlemen, is forced out of the Pokemon League for being too good, 10-year-old Dash Deckham journeys through the wrestling world to reclaim the title that he never lost, Champion. So, you've already kind of got a motive there. The Pokemon trainer is seeking titles. He wants to be called champion again after venturing through the Pokemon League and earning his shot at the title. And in fact winning. 
but because he was so good, they had to get rid of it? Ridiculous. All for another random ten-year-old. So, yes, that's kind of his motivation. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Second of all with it, you got plenty of room with that to expand on it. Maybe because it is a new region, he has to rebuild his team. Maybe even with some wrestlers that we all know and love. But I'm getting ahead of myself. If any of you have a better storyline pitch that you believe could be much better than mine, absolutely say it to me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction, because let's be honest, I'm a 22 year old, I don't really know everything. So if you've got suggestions, let me know. But without further ado, I think it's time that we get onto our first pitch. And my first idea doesn't really involve a person. It involves a whole brand. The Pokemon trainer wins all of the titles on SmackDown. I'm absolutely serious on that. <laughs> now, this probably sounds the most ridiculous. You're talking about a 10 year old all of a sudden winning all of the titles. But it's not just an individual feud. It's an overarching one where you take all the titles little by little, kind of like your journey as a Pokemon trainer. So this is kind of how I see it. So we've already discussed it. Dash Deckham is a manager. He enters the WWE SmackDown roster looking for potential Pokemon, or in this case, potential starter Pokemon. Because he expects that the WWE and its advanced facilities can have Pokemon for him to have and provide. Because of course he's already done it all. He's got a bunch of Pokeballs, he's got a bunch of various other things. He even has a Master Ball. So it plays out over several weeks of television. This 10-year-old throughout the Thunderdome just watching and scouting these talents and who he would deem to be the best members of his new, well, wrestling Pokemon team. Pokemon that will eventually lead him to success and victory over the WWE equivalent of the Elite Four, the, the Universal Championship, the Intercontinental Championship, the tag team titles, and the women's title, all on SmackDown. Because now SmackDown is the A-Show. So we start with that. He's scouting people in various matches, ranging from Roman Reigns to Otis. All of these random picks. And then, out of nowhere, he sees Dominic Mysterio and Baron Corbin having whatever number match they're up to at this point. And Baron Corbin just cheats out the victory. Rey Mysterio by Dominic's side. You know, he's just not getting the big wins that people were expecting when he had his debut feud with Seth Rollins. So the Pokemon trainer comes in. And Rey's already left at this point trying to get some people to aid Dominic in his current bit of damage that he sustained with Baron Corbin. And the Pokemon trainer arrives. And he gets out an Ultra Ball. And he doesn't... He doesn't just, like, 
punch him in the face or knock him out. Because let's be honest, it's a 10-year-old. You're not going to get over with that. He, he just places the Ultra Ball in front of Dominic. And the lights go out. A couple seconds go by, and the lights come back up again. Dominic has disappeared. But all that's left is just Dash Deckham, aka the Pokemon trainer, and his Ultra Ball. And the weeks go by, and Rey Mysterio is looking around, just wondering where the hell his son has gone. He hasn't seen him in weeks. Ever since that match with Baron Corbin, whatever this weird 10-year-old did, it's been a complete mystery. He's he's completely disappeared. And so Ray has a match against Baron Corbin. It eventually goes really well for him. And he cuts a promo on Dash Deckham, asking him, where is my son? And of course, Dash Deckham eventually arrives. And he doesn't say anything initially. He's just he's just showing him the Ultra Ball. Just luring him in, just saying nothing really. And this kind of develops until Rey Mysterio demands that he gets in the ring with him and gives him back his son. Because he doesn't know what's happened, but somehow this 10-year-old has kidnapped his son. And so we finally get the words of Dash Deckham saying that I've been a champion of multiple regions. Hoenn, Kanto, Kalos, anywhere that you can think of, I've been there. Just because I'm 10, don't underestimate my intelligence. I'm much smarter than you think. Because, unlike you, Ray, I can keep a son in custody. And as this 10-year-old is standing on the ramp, in a way that almost parallels Rey Mysterio's debut on SmackDown in back in 2002, Dominic Mysterio pops up from underneath the ring ramp, jumping up, and landing almost like his father did. But at the beck and call of this Dash Deckham. We continue on with this. Dominic is almost completely mind controlled. This 10 year old Dash Deckham. Even though the commentators and the announcers still refer to him as Dominic Mysterio. He, he keeps on calling him Harlucha. He keeps on saying, you could do this, Harlucha. Use the flying press. Use use your spinning heel kick. All these other specific Pokemon moves for Dominic. And he starts getting wins all on his own. Something that he hasn't really had before up to this point. And then this all builds to a pay-per-view between Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio. Whoever wins, you're going to hate me when I say this. Think of a certain feud back in 2005, where whoever wins this ladder match gets the custody of Dominic Mysterio. (laughs) I told you this was going to be ridiculous, and I think I've lived up to the bill already. So, there's another catch to this. If Dominic wins, Rey Mysterio joins Dash Deckham's Pokemon team. He will be dubbed Halucha Senior by the Pokemon trainer, who will still be called Rey Mysterio. We're not going to have a retribution thing where they automatically change their names automatically, like Slapjack 
We don't want another slapjack. So we have this ladder match where I just, for the sake of brevity, Dominic wins. And so we now have Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio working together underneath Dash Deckham. And we build to several more weeks of television. Them slowly getting put together in these tag matches, a father-son duo against, well, you know, the Street Profits, the Dirty Dogs, and so on and so forth in the tag division. This eventually culminates where we essentially see them face Cesaro and Nakamura. But they just brutally assault Nakamura before the match. But they don't do anything with Cesaro. In fact, Cesaro faces them in a two-on-one handicap match. And eventually, because surprise and luck, Cesaro wins. He wins. But something doesn't feel right about this. Dash Deckham is looming over the stage ramp as Cesaro is walking to the backstage. And he grabs from his pocket a master ball. This is already, I know it's ridiculous, but we're keeping with it. We're keeping with it. And so we build to whatever's next on pay-per-view. It's Cesaro and Nakamura versus... Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, who are now called La Halucha. Yes, La Halucha, let that sink in. (laughs) And by the end of it, Cesaro realizing something very specific about them. Something that he never really had in common with Nakamura. The technical excellence of being led by this 10-year-old Dash Deckham. You start seeing these... Combination tag moves, dual 619s, dual splashes. Coordination that he and Nakamura never really had. And Dash, as this is happening, he's just he's just trying to coin Cesaro into doing stuff with him. Specifically just moves like, I know that you're being underutilized. I, unlike the rest of these people, can see the potential in you. That many have not been able to see. I don't hold up a master ball for no reason. I hold it up because I see potential. And so it builds to this culmination where Cesaro doesn't tag into Nakamura. He gets assaulted by Dominic and Ray, where eventually they lose. And Cesaro, in a very uncharacteristic way, He goes down on one knee, and he accepts the Master Ball. The lights go out as it's gone for several weeks, and all that's left is Rey Mysterio and Dominic, alongside Dash Deckham, holding up the Master Ball. Half the team has been formed. So this journey continues. They start thinking that they can take on In this case, the Pokemon Trainer's first Elite Four task, the Tag Titles, which eventually it does go quite well. It does happen. Rey Mysterio and Dominic eventually win in this sort of father-son thing, which I can't believe WWE hasn't done yet. And Cesaro starts chasing for 
the universal title against Roman Reigns. Because with this whole command that Dash Deckham has, he starts pushing them to try these different things, not trying to start everything with flashy moves. Sometimes four moves is all you need to get the job done. And that's kind of the philosophy that's built across each of the members. So much so that when eventually more members come in, yeah, you start to build them up in that same way. Whenever people want to challenge Dash Deckham, he doesn't get in the ring. The teammates do. He, like a Pokemon trainer, just places a Pokeball on the stage ramp. And they rise up from the ring ramp to face them. Now I know what you're thinking. This whole storyline idea is incredibly goofy. It's so stupid. And it doesn't make much sense. But... I kind of really love the idea of some sort of manager role coming in and trying to take over the entire company. <laughs> that's that's some of the basic ideas. For the sake of brevity, because I know this podcast is trying to be at least under an hour. That's some of the basic ideas that I could come up with that. Yeah, yeah, build it up. If you want to know other ideas I have for it, I kind of pictured you'd have... Sami Zayn as your other mic person, as your Pikachu, kind of going for the IC title, which already makes sense with Big E. And, yeah, kind of have Cesaro as this lead, Polyrath, because he's just like a Polyrath. He loves submissions. He loves seismic toss or just throwing people around. It's a good fit. And, of course, you have Rey Mysterio and Dominic as these Halucha characters. And you might be asking yourself, how would this all make sense? The answer is, probably not. But here's what I'd like to propose to you. If Lucha Underground can do it, with significantly less production value, do you not think WWE couldn't do it if they really wanted to? To get over a 10-year-old and really just sell the fact that he's this manipulative genius trying to get people in, think... A la Bobby the Brain Heenan manipulating Andre the Giant, but to an even more ridiculous degree. Some of the best parts about wrestling, as you'll see with this whole storyline and other pitches, is the fact that Pokemon, like wrestling, is inherently ridiculous. And that you can have these characters who suspend your disbelief. And, yeah... It's a very odd idea, I'll admit, the idea of them potentially trying to take all the titles from the Intercontinental to the tag titles to the WWE title as a kind of elite four. I quite like that, but I understand why people wouldn't. Because <laughs> this is an idea of me giving you your pitches, you're good, you're bad, you're damn right insane. And so I think I should probably move on from this, because I feel like it's already inherently ridiculous. So... My next idea is just as ridiculous as the previous, and it's one where I believe my time is up, my time is now. Uh, you guys probably can't see me, but my time is now. Yes, John Cena. As a WrestleMania program. Again, this is another weird idea that I came up with, with a 10-year-old thing in mind, because John Cena, let's be real with ourselves here, 
John Cena has been a person who has been defined by his, not only his extraordinary actions of charitable work, but also the impact that he has on kids. He's called Super Cena for a reason. What is more against his character than for him to potentially get the right to face a 10-year-old at WrestleMania? So, the basics of this, of how I kind of imagine it in my weird pitching mind, is that it's because he was kind of announced for the WrestleMania in Hollywood, when that's eventually happening. So, it's him giving a special Make-A-Wish style, I will give you a match. And believing that Dash Deckham, this 10-year-old kid, is someone worthy of this by accident because he's just trying to manipulate the situation. You know, kind of playing off the fact that he's a 10-year-old who was kicked out of his old Pokemon League and put into this weird position. Is being forced to have a match against John Cena! And so, of course, John Cena's thinking it's a big charitable work. They're in the ring together. He's saying, I'm going to give you the best match of your life, Dash. And Dash Deckham gets the microphone and he says, That'll mean everything to me, John. John? John? <laughs> John, John! <laughs> that will mean everything to me, John. Because it's clear to see, John, that your time is up. And my time is now. And out of nowhere, these cloaked figures come out from either side of the, en not entrance ramp, I'm thinking like, you know, the barricade area because of the way the Thunderdome is. Coming out of nowhere in these random costumes, because guess what, people? Pokemon can wear costumes if you've played Gen 5 or Gen 4. It's some of Dash Deckham's old Pokemon. I'm talking for the sake of popularity and merchandise. It is your Charizard. It's your Lucario. And they're beating up John Cena. You get to see moves that kind of resemble a force palm. A flamethrower to some extent that kind of burns John Cena. And if you tell me that you can't expect to see John Cena get burnt, you're talking about a company that a month ago had freaking Alexa Bliss suddenly learn how to throw a fireball. It's entirely believable. <laughs> so we have that. John Cena is out for a couple of weeks. Dash Deckham on the road to WrestleMania is cutting promos about how John Cena has not been making wishes for everyone. He has selfishly been focusing on himself and his Hollywood career. Because unlike him, he is the true champion. His old catchphrase, the champ is here. Correction, the champ has always been here. He's just been in another flipping town. So we get that. We get the build to WrestleMania. It's John Cena in a gauntlet match against Lucario and Charizard, who are both wrestlers, by the way, dressed up. You can't suddenly get a Pokemon in there. Against everyone's favorite 10-year-old in his own mind, po former Pokemon League champion Dash Deckham. So we get it. We get our match. 
which is John Cena at first having to fend off Lucario as Dash Deckham watches from ringside knowing he's not going to win. It's John Cena. He doesn't win these matches. They call him Super Cena, but he has his kryptonite, right? He gets through Lucario first through convenient punches because we all know that Lucario is a steel type and steel types are weak against fighting moves. So of course, Lucario goes down. But then we get to the hard part. It's the Charizard match. Because how on earth is Charizard not going to win against John Cena? John Cena doesn't cheat. He never cheats. He's the goody two-shoes of the WWE. He just wants to push his Hollywood career. Maybe if this all went secretly well, he could have been in another future Detective Pikachu movie for all we know. So this continues. We have our little exchange of punches. Charizard, because I imagine part of his gear would include some sort of wings, would have a wing attack in which he would secretly hide metal in it. You know, for cheating shenanigans. <laughs> so we have that happen. He, he gets hit in the face. He goes for the cover. Charizard goes for the cover. One, two, kick out at two and a half. Charizard can't believe it. Dash Deckham can't believe it. So we get that. He goes for his big finishing move, the seismic toss. But it's avoided. John Cena hits the attitude adjustment. One, two. Oh, Dash Deckham comes in from behind. <laughs> it's an interference. <laughs> and, and Dash Deckham just gets Charizard disqualified. And they end up beating up John Cena before his match begins. And so, this, I'm not going to end the storyline thing because I don't know who goes over here. I'll be honest with you. If you get the 10-year-old, you can go either way. <laughs> you can you can have the 10-year-old get over and have Cena look valiant in defeat that he had to face two incredibly strong Pokemon in the competitive scene. Or just have him beat all three, including a 10-year-old, to prove that, you know... Try and be good in case John Cena might potentially beat you up. Uh, no, uh, no, he won't do that. No, he won't beat up a 10 year old. He, he'll just lay down in defeat. I, I can't see him doing that. I don't see WWE having a 10 year old get beaten up. Like they didn't do it with Nicholas. I doubt they'll do it with John Cena. But what does this do? It gets over the Pokemon trainer as a big heel threat. Put him over with a faction and kind of establish that if they, if the Pokemon win, he wins. And for John Cena, it puts him in another underdog position. You know, the ones that we're all familiar with. And ones that I think, I think a lot of us kind of miss. I think there's part of us that all still misses John Cena. The good, the bad, and the meh. Cause just because of his own, like, personality. And it's not the same seeing him in movies. It really isn't. So, yeah, I think everyone kind of sees that he can have one big last run. Maybe not with a Pokemon trainer, but that's the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> so, we're going to move on to 
my third entry for this, and I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, if you guys are fans of Jurassic Park, then I think it's all time that we all hop aboard the Jurassic Express. <laughs> It's Jungle Boy! That's right, it's a feud with Jungle Boy! But, how does this feud come about? Well, first and foremost, we already have Marco Stunt kidnapped by FTR at the time of this recording. So, let's just add another one to the list. So, it is a tag team match, player. It is Jurassic Express versus FTR. Jungle Boy is in the ring. Luchasaurus is currently <laughs> on the tag rope. Eventually, as this is happening, think of some of the stuff in the earlier part of this booking video. Or this random storyline thing that, quite frankly, has not made much sense. You have Dash Deckham debut for the first time on a Titantron saying to Luchasaurus and to Jurassic Express, come join me, come join my team, with his Lucario and Charizard from the previous thing which I've kind of described, <laughs> where if he does, he will bring Luchasaurus back to his family, one that he hasn't really seen for over 65 million years. And so, you have that happen after they successfully beat an FTR. Luchasaurus is questioning it because, you know, he. I know that we're looking for Marco, but I haven't seen my family in 65 million years. They've they've all been missing, and I've been looking for them. Of course, Jungle Boy is, of course, absolutely against this. He, Luchasaurus is like a father to him. He probably is like a father to him, constantly being carried to the ring by him. So, it's the back and forth of, will he join, will he not join? But, he doesn't really get the choice. Because it's at this moment, he, the Pokemon trainer starts luring him in with various objects and things that have been related to his dinosaur past, including Pokemon fossils, like a skull fossil, or a, a classic little bit of a Helix fossil, Lord Helix himself. Saying that if you join me, Luchasaurus, you will be indoctrinated into my group and my ranks. And in exchange, I shall bring back your lost brethren. It's at this point, it's all a trick. It's all a ruse. Because it's at this point that they kidnap Luchasaurus. Yes, that's right, it's a kidnapping of Luchasaurus against Jungle Boy's own will. He tries to go after him, but it's too late. And of course, we spend a couple more weeks, Jungle Boy, looking for Luchasaurus, trying to find him as, as he's also looking for Marco. It is the darkest point in Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco stunts careers. It's at this point, we see it. <laughs> We have these brief flashes where we see Luchasaurus tied up in this new red gear that kind of resembles a Charmeleon or a Charmander. 
where he's being constantly beaten up by Lucario and Charizard. And Dash Deckham telling him that you are now my Charmander. Are you my Charmander? Of course he does it. He says, I'm Luchasaurus. Dash Deckham slaps him. He says, you are Charmander. I'm Luchasaurus. You're Charmander. I'm Luchasaurus. You're Charmander. And so it builds. We finally see Luchasaurus finally re-encounter Jungle Boy again. But instead flanked by Lucario and Charizard. Some of the most popular Pokemon. <laughs> in which Jura Jurassic Express, no. Jungle Boy asks Luchasaurus, come back to me, man. I've, I've missed you. And of course, Luchasaurus says, I'm not Luchasaurus. I'm Charmander. And he starts beating up Jungle Boy alongside Lucario and Charizard. And it's the battle between Dash Deckham's mind control against Jungle Boy's classic Tarzan-like wit and strength to bring back Luchasaurus and Marco Stun, who's still been kidnapped by FTR. Yes. Is it ridiculous like all the others? Absolutely. Does it have a fraction of sense? You know what? Somewhat, because we've had mind control storylines in wrestling's past. You can kind of see that. But instead, it's led by a 10-year-old. You know what? I, I kind of buy that, considering the intelligence of, like, Pokemon trainers in the past. We are talking about a protagonist that has invaded crime syndicates, stopped world domination, and has stopped the world from being destroyed at the age of 10. If you're telling me he does not have the skills to potentially manipulate someone into becoming his undivining servant, which does not involve a Pokeball, mind you, I think you're wrong. <laughs> yes, I... What does this do? You kind of push Jungle Boy as a single star for a bit, which I think is needed. You kind of separate him from Luchasaurus for a bit. And yet, you see the strength of Jungle Boy on his own, which you rarely really see at this point. And I feel he's going to kind of be the future of AEW. I, I quite like that. I like the idea that with it, yeah, also... Get to see how Luchasaurus could do in a singles role. You won't really have to change his moves. All you have to do is kind of change his ring gear a bit. It's stupid, but you can kind of do something with it. And so, I think it's time that we get to our final one. And I'll, I'll have my concluding thoughts about any of this. Because at this point, I think it's kind of clear that you shouldn't take these storylines seriously. <laughs> They're all stupid. <laughs> I, I wanted to do something fun, so we're going to end it on something that is probably just as stupid. And it has, like, various other successful YouTube channels. It has an up, and it has its downs. Xavier Woods. Yes. Finally. Someone that has some sort of relationship to video games. So, is this gonna be your typical wrestling feud? No, this is one that is entirely built on up, up, down, down, and that you also 
have video packages presented on television. It all starts with the left right left right championship that we currently have right now underneath Tyler Breeze. It it's pretty much Austin Creed's like way of trying to get someone to beat left right left right for him. So he calls on someone who he didn't know really existed up to this point, a Pokemon champion to beat Tyler Breeze for the left right left right championship and it's it's Dash Deckham. He's here. Just a random 10-year-old. And he inadvertently takes over and wins the left-right-left-right championship from Tyler Breeze. It's in this moment you see the celebration with Austin Creed. He says, well done to you, man. Good job, Dash. I'm proud of you. Now, we can bring back the left-right-left-right championship, right? You're going to give it back? Of course, Dash, he's just got the taste of gold. He is finally a champion again. And so, he hijacks up, up, down, down. In a similar way to Tyler Breeze, but even more destructive. We're not getting a variety channel anymore with up, up, down, down. It is changed into a Pokemon channel. Completely dedicated, including top tens about Pokemon. Uh... Pokemon challenges that include various wrestlers and stuff that he all successfully wins. And then Xavier Woods, it's it's getting to him. He he puts himself in the in the race to potentially win the title. Finally coming out of a sense of retirement to finally get it. He's a G4 host. He should be able to do this. But again, he loses. And he loses and Anytime he wants to get closer to him, he's he's feeling the rage of playing video games. He he's brought back by Dash Deckham's muscle, Charizard and Lucario, who hold him back to a point where it's like, I want another shot at you, Dash. And of course he asks, What are you gonna do about it? Says at the end of it, well, on second thought, have you ever Beating a Pokemon game, Xavier Woods. Dash. Dash asks. And Xavier Woods says, yeah, of course I have. Who who hasn't? And of course it responds with, well, when you fight a gym leader or a champion, you've got to get through the other trainers first. Or in this case, my Pokemon. And so we build to several weeks of television where it's Xavier Woods. Versus Lucario. He faces off against Lucario. In this very underdog state. He gets surprisingly. The support of Tyler Breeze. Who at this point. Had been carrying left right left right. As another brand on his back. This should not be happening. <laughs> they should not be having. Some 10 year old take over their company. We have more matches. It's against Charizard next. And of course Xavier Woods finds a way. But of course. Nothing is ever that simple. You've beaten them in singles matches, but can you beat them in a double battle? And so, we get Lucario and Charizard just beating the living S-word out of Xavier Woods. Till Tyler Breeze comes in to make the save. It is the formation of left, right, left, right, and up, up, down, down together to take on some of the strongest Pokemon in all of Pokemon. Just so both of them can get a shot at the newly christened Pokemon World title. And of course they eventually win.
they both get a championship shot at Dash Deckham, aka our Pokemon trainer. Of course, it is timed metronome battles. He is leaving it all to luck to beat Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze in a Weird sense of circumstances, they have to pick the exact same Pokemon. They mod it so that they all have Metronome. Of course, the tides and turns dramatic ex exposition. I don't know what else to really think about it because that's kind of the basis of this pitch. And you might be asking, what does this get over? Unlike all the other ideas, which are kind of weird in and of itself. First of all, you kind of treat it as a nice little mid-card feud which is fun. Mid-card feuds aren't essentially bad on, as long as you're at least creative with it. You have a way of presenting this 10-year-old as a dominant threat without having him getting physical. Yeah, kind of get over up, up, down, down in this weird progression of storylines that we've had at the moment. It's new content that you can add. You can probably get some sponsorships from the Pokemon community, potentially. Or the Pokemon company by just having a more mention of Pokemon. It's a big enough brand, you could do that. I think that's possible. And with it, you give stuff for Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze, two of the most underrated wrestlers on the main roster, and what they've really done for like video games and wrestling in general, and that whole community. So I think that could be a very interesting idea. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I think, with it, yeah, you get over Dash is this dastardly person who could take over anything and you should not have on the regular part of your roster as a champion, and it kind of gets over him being a dastardly 10-year-old. With it, you get over Xavier Woods as this plucky underdog babyface, along with Tyler Breeze. Because in my opinion, variety is always the best part of any wrestling show. Yeah, that was all entirely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna end it here. If you've enjoyed any of this, I'll be honest. This has been the stupidest yet most fun episode I've had to record in a while. So, if you've enjoyed any of this content, uh. Follow me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or follow me on Instagram at Wrestling with Fiction, and you know, give me your suggestions on this. Was this good? Was this bad? Was this absolutely insane, like I think it was? And with it, I think it's time that we close the show. So I hope all of you have a lovely day. And remember, everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.